I think we all know that the impact side is growing. So there's more and more people who, who want to uh, do more in this in this direction, want to allocate more or all of their money into um, impact-minded investments. Texas Global, sparking innovative thoughts. Now, when you talk about investing in the world today, a lot of people think about gaining profits. But what about contributing to your community and the rest of the world? In our episode of Texas Global Podcast, we're going to take a look at impact investing. I'm Chowodat Yongjiran Nonarkupe, the global content editor of Texas Media. And today, I'm very happy indeed to talk with someone who represents an organization that has been at the forefront of impact investment, which looks for impact-first investment around the world with the aim of eliminating absolute poverty. He is Gerald Wege. I hope I said that right. The director of Ilya Foundation for Ethics and Globalization. Hello. Hi. Um. Very great to very great to meet you, and it's a pleasure to actually be be here. Um. Thanks for the invitation, Pupe. Yeah. I'm really excited mm -hmm. to chat about that. Thank you so much, and I'm so sorry if I mispronounce your name. <laughs> it's but, uh, it's fine. It's uh it's uh, German. I know it's it's a uh, it's a tough language. Yeah. Okay. So before we start, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, sure. Um, yeah, I'm Gerald Weigel. Uh, that would be the German uh, version. Um, as you already said, I, I work with um, Elia. Um, and I've, I basically come from a background in finance. Um, then I worked in consulting for, for a while. So I, I worked with Boston Consulting Group. Um, and then I got intrigued about this whole um, idea about using finance for good um, and and getting more out of finance just uh, than just the return side. Um, and uh, I looked into the space a bit and and I stumbled across um, Elia, uh, which as you said, is really at, at the forefront of the sector in a way that really strongly um, is on the impact side, um, but on the other hand still uses the commercial potential to, to um, address uh, problems around the world. Um, and yeah, since uh, almost five years now with Alea, um, I work here on our investment side. So really, really look, looking at a lot of different um, investment opportunities. I focus quite a bit on, on Africa, um, also then Southeast Asia. So I've actually um, looked into Thailand quite a bit and also Indonesia um, and um, work a lot on our agriculture side, uh, digital side um, as well. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm quite excited to talk about all of that. Um, and yeah, yeah, I mean that's interesting because uh, you don't hear a lot of you know a lot about people. I'm sure there are a lot of you out there, but you don't hear a lot about people you know jumping from you know the regular kind of traditional job to to that of you know a, an organization such as Elia. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about you know that journey? Was it was it difficult? Or was it like natural? <laughs> um, it was definitely not natural. I mean, it's a it's a it's a process in terms of um, I guess also growing up, maturing, um, thinking what what you want in life. And I think there is many people who, as you said, who put. I mean, there is many people who actually do do it. There is many people who actually want to do it. But then it's also a question of opportunities. The space is also not huge. Um, but for for me, it was really. Um, yeah, working with BCG, which I learned a lot, which I um, 
appreciate it very much, but I was looking for uh, more in my life in terms of more impact for the for the work that I'm doing or more like purpose um, so that I know why I'm getting up every day and 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 uh, yeah have a, a, a new sense of motivation. Um, and that was then a process of like looking, uh, exploring what options are out out there and then uh, as usual uh, applying mm -hmm. and then at some point it worked out. Yeah, but it's, um, mm -hmm. yeah, it's it's a step. Um, it's it's a change, um, but yeah, I, yeah, I, I think I, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'm asking, I'm asking this because I'm sure a lot of people who choose to listen to this episode are probably interested and maybe have yeah. that kind of thought as well for their own career. Um, yeah. You talked a little bit of, of Ilya, about Ilya, but can you tell us a little bit more about your, your operations and, and uh, what you're doing now? Yeah, sure. So we are an investment organization based, uh, structured as a foundation because we are in, in the philanthropic impact investing space. That means we, when we invest, we look at uh, two main things. And the, the first one is really the impact side. And that's the, the, the main the, the main priority. So it's really an impact first lens where we look at opportunities that harness the, the commercial way in fighting poverty. So it, it must be uh, companies, ventures that have solutions that, that uh, with their business model then also address uh, people living in absolute poverty and getting them a better life. Um, so that's the, that's the first thing that, would, that we actually look at. And then on the commercial side, we really make sure that all the solutions that we actually invest in are commercially viable or will be, um, and ideally at, uh, and, and are worth an investment. And when we say worth an investment, it's not maybe not necessarily the, the, the VC lens, but we still think of, okay, how can we exit out of that? Uh, what, um, um, at what value we might think that that might um, um, come, come and, and, that's how we basically think of it. And, but again, with the impact first side that we really want to make sure that um, the impact is, is strong. We do that in three mm -hmm. different topics. So we, on the one hand, uh, focus on employable skill building. Those are ventures that, um, that uh, provide people with the skills that they need to uh, succeed in the, in, in the job market. And one example that I have there is uh, digital divide data um, in Kenya. Um, while well, they also work in Laos, um, actually. Um, and they are basically an organization that provides basic IT services to their clients around the world. And to do that, they hire people locally in Kenya, for instance, but also then um, in Laos um, that um, are underprivileged, wouldn't have a chance to actually get um, and a teach up so so they make sure that the, those people they, they actually test them they they make sure that they have the aptitude um and then they employ them they give them training on the job um and then after like three 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 or more years they're actually actually also able to go to go to university and for those people then it's it's a real first stepping stone um uh, for like a further it career and the great thing about wow. that is that, yeah. it that it really goes hand, hand in hand with the business side because it's not only that digital divide data um, just gives them this job for like because because it's just nice. It's because they also are, are looking to provide those services to their clients. 
Um, so it goes hand in hand with the business side that the, the company can actually grow then. Um, and that's, that's then uh, exactly solutions that, that, we, that we are looking for. And that's one of our sectors, which is employable skill building. Uh, we also work in last mile distribution, um, getting the things uh, like goods into uh, remote villages. Um, it can be in, impactful goods, uh, important things that people there need. Otherwise, they really need to go always to like the larger markets in the next city. They actually travel a lot of time. They also spend more. Um, so that's an important other topic that we work with. And, and one great example there is, is Copia that's in our portfolio in, in Kenya um, as well. Um, that then uh, basically is called the Amazon of Af Africa. Um, so really works with... Uh, um, e-commerce, it's an adjusted e-commerce model, but that's the very basic uh, thought about it. Um, and then the last topic that we work is, um, is, is agriculture, where one of the examples is uh, Rikult, um, which I think we anyway, uh, will probably talk a bit more later since it's also based in Thailand. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And, and uh, yeah, that's, that's one of Are the you... topics that we have. You know, from, from... Yeah, from what you've talked about, definitely, I think I'm I'm gaining more insight into uh, impact investing. But for those who are, you could say like entrepreneurs or or, or people who are, are are corporate, you know, on the corporate side, or people who are not really familiar with impact investing, um, can you explain in like in like in a very con concise way, like as in what it is? Yeah, I think I think that the most helpful way is maybe not to think of it very uh, different from other early stage venture investing. So I I would take the analogy of venture capital, where you look at uh, at young companies um, that uh, want to actually grow and are looking for equity funding, or also in some in some cases also loans or or on the impact side also grants. And we look at that with a very similar lens. We, we look at the business model. We look at all of those things that a VC would actually also look at and also at the team, obviously. So um, as we all know, it's not, uh, it could be a great business, but if the founders are not the right people, then, then it, well, it's not going to mm. go anywhere. Well, it's just about this. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then, it's kind and of then universal. The, mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and then the main difference is really that, that at, in addition to all of that, we, we look at the impact, we look we look at the impact side, which means we really try to understand, or we really understand, <laughs> and also um, um, how the business model creates impact for the people, for their like beneficiaries, for 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 uh, their target group. So uh, again, people living in those remote villages, how do they benefit um, from uh, from working with this company, or like being a, a client, or being employed? whatever it is. And, and that's then what we base our decision on, again, on like the impact side first, that we are convinced that that's something that's actually good, that that makes sense. And then we look at all the other commercial things as well, but so with it's a, a different it's a, return yeah. expectation. It's very thorough. I, I think yes. it's very yeah. like, like taking a look at all sides of the investment. It's not just like a thing that, you know, it's, it's just a, a, a you could say it's a, a decision that takes a short time. I, I'm sure no, it does, no, 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 no. takes purpose. Our due diligence uh, yes. takes slightly longer than a, than a VC one. And that's also why we, in the moment, we have 30 investments, which is a, which is a 30 active investments. 
but that's why we in the moment we in the moment we don't have hundreds yet uh but uh, yeah mm -hmm. we are getting there <laughs> but you know yeah so so then of course you know comes the question as to what are the challenges then that you've met in impact investment because some people might think hey does it mean lower returns when compared to traditional investing yep what um I, I think that depends a bit on where you're looking at. I think one 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 of the challenges is really you you need to be clear where you are positioned. So there is the the impact investment space is actually big in terms of how much impact first you are. So there's the real like the the aid organizations, which to some extent are impact investment as well, but that's really purely grant giving. Um, there's not necessarily an entrepreneurial model behind, and then you can go to the to the more um, ESG filtering organizations uh, like funds that are basically doing regular investments. Plus, they look at um, ESG criteria, which basically almost all the funds now do. Um, and then it depends on 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 where you are there on this spectrum, how much return you can actually ex expect. So. Obviously, if you're just giving grants, then the return is is, uh, is well that that the grant is then is 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 then gone. And then there is um, there is a trade-off in in some or in most cases that yeah you cannot you can if you're really looking for very deep impact at an early stage with people living as is now our case with people living in absolute poverty. The problem is just that. Yes, every investment that we actually do, we expect that uh, it's going to be positive. But given that the risk is there, um, the same as in, in venture, you have to expect that some of them actually fail. Um, and then the, the, the problem is that those that, are, that make it large, they don't necessarily get the same outsized return as like the big tech investments. So that's, that's mm. when overall, if you look at the, port, the portfolio, you probably cannot expect um, that you will have like one, two, three large investments that give you a hundred or like even more X um, and that really just return all of your fund. And that's a bit where we are looking at, at exits now, actually, where we think we can get uh, significant returns. But for us, that's maybe three to five X um, and those have to carry the whole portfolio to, to actually some of some extent also to, to the ones that are maybe that don't get us as much return or that only get uh, um, get get the money back and that's a bit uh, that's a bit the uh, challenge but you can obviously steer that in terms of how much impact first you want to be and I guess if you look at some sectors that are more VC prone like climate tech uh, for instance there I think you can do an impact and not necessarily uh, sacrifice on the return, um, but it also depends a bit on like what topic you're actually working in, and I think that's a bit um, where there is probably things that also work with people in absolute poverty that get those returns. But overall, if you look at it from a structural level, probably not as much as as um, as is if, if you work in European also, markets or the US market. Oh, so so with that said, how how can investors be incentivized to make more impact? investments or, or some impact investment? Um, I think it's a bit, it's, um, it's a mix of few things. And first of all, is really, um, I think, um, again, for an investor to really think of, okay, how much, how important Im impact is for them, and then really also uh, apply that to where they want to invest in terms of the, the kind of spectrum that I, that, that I just described, do they, uh, are they fine with investing then 
in climate tech VCs that probably can give them um, similar returns? Um, or is the money that they have, is it a part of their portfolio where they really think, okay, I really, with this money, with, I don't know, 10, 20%, I really want to be impact first. Um, and then I think it's, it's about um, selecting good players that, that they then think are doing this in a very systematic, professional way that harness the power of commercial uh, um, entrepreneurial uh, models as much as pos possible. And then, and then you, you have to select those. So I think it's, it's for the investor, it's really about how important is the impact and how much of my portfolio do I wanna um, um, put into that. Mm. Sector. So no, at the end, okay. Now that you've decided to in invest and and things are rolling, um, at the end of the day, how do you measure the social impact, and and what are the key metrics? Um, so we we have our own methodology. It's called the uh, well, the uh, impact measurement measurement methodology. Um, that at the core of it really looks at a few factors, and and the first one is obviously the the volume of people reached. So like how many people um, actually work with this company then uh, as, as a client, again, it doesn't have to be like um, uh, in the combination with how intense is 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 the change. So that's obviously important. You, you cannot say that uh, just because a so solution reaches millions of, of people, if, if, if it's very incremental, um, then obviously it's not the same as if you give someone a job. Uh, which is very much more life uh, life changing. Um, that we 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 try to balance that uh, to make a comparison across our port our portfolio. So we we take those two factors. We have we have also um, a, a, a few others like looking how much influence does it have at the ecosystem, for instance. Um, also looking at the climate, um, and 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 then overall we basically have an internal metric, which is the points that we then that we then get that we try to compare then to make sure that the decisions that we make way up um, against each other in terms of not only how many people they reach, but also how intense it actually is and how much other um, externalities it actually creates. Um, and that's what we do since many years. So we have a, a quite a broad basis there. Um, and that gives us confidence that uh, we can steer our, our investment decisions in the right way. So, you know, we've talked about a lot of how impact investment can help, you know, change lives. Uh, but what about the market side? How much yep. of an impact does this type of investment have, have so far on that market? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we all know that the impact side is growing. So there's more and more people who, who want to uh, do more in this in this direction, want to allocate more or all of their money into um, impact-minded investments. Um, I think the overall market, I don't know like the, the, the super latest numbers, but I think from 2020, I looked at a study re recently where it said that the, the whole market is around 600 billion to 2.3 trillion dollars large. Um, mm -hmm. again, it's a huge spread. So that really depends on what do you count as impact money. Um, um, but I think overall, if by now it's significant part of the money, I think, as I said, ESG investing is very standard. Um, and then really how far you down, you want to go into the impact intensity is up to the preference of people. And I think that sector is also growing, but obviously it will all, always only be 
um, a, a smaller part of the whole uh, of the whole um, investment mm. spectrum. So, so now that we, if you talk about, you've given us some examples actually at the beginning of our talk about what you've been doing. Uh, but uh, in terms of the, the the global sense, you know, about what's been happening around the world, can you give us some some cool case studies or so things that you think that are you know, stand out in terms of impact investing? Um, I could do that. I, I, I was actually th thinking whether now we could also talk about re, re, re recall. Cult, yeah, sure, sure, uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> since I think it's, I mean, it's 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 based in type. Thailand, but I think it's actually a great example also for um, having a global relevance. Um, so uh, the venture is Thai for, for, uh, based, but I'm not sure that everyone knows it. So I, I will try to explain it briefly. Um, they basically work in agriculture. So they work with now over 750,000 farmers, both in Thailand and also in Pakistan. So they're uh, operational in both countries. Um, and with those 750,000 farmers, um, they provide them basic, or not basic, they, they provide them important uh, information on, on the one hand, actual or like um, up-to-date uh, weather in information, um, how to plant, uh, like tips on how to plant things, when, uh, when to apply fertilizer, what to do if this problem comes up. So like a real uh, important library um, of knowledge. Um, plus they connect the farmers then also to the market sites. So they give them information about market prices, plus uh, give them access to other services around credit um, and, and other important uh, services in the, in the agricultural value chain. Um, and 750,000 farmers is quite a big, uh, quite a large number. Um, so they are able to also then leverage this and all the data that they have to then build an ecosystem of, of interested players um, around that. So now banks are obviously interested to know more about farmers that, that they might want to work with. Um, and that's just one example what, what they then are able to integrate um, stakeholders that are in the value chain to, to then uh, be part of the platform and offer their service through their solution. Um, and yeah, I think that's just a great example again of how you on the one hand can uh, uh, provide an immediate value add to the farmers with all that information that really changes how they actually, um, like when they harvest or also even when they actually start and, and when they and when they then also plant. Um, uh, plus it provides a great bridge to the, to the larger corporate sector around banks, around uh, mills, around um, input providers. Um, that are then able to know more about those farmers and and also reach farmers in more rural areas in in like smaller farmers that would not have any access to banks beforehand. Um, and obviously, you can build a business model around all of that. That's, that's why we we think it actually uh, makes sense for us as an investment. Um, and um, yeah, and I think it's it's growing. There is many more countries where that solution could actually be transferred in and that's why I also think it has a very global relevance um, and, and, and the, the problems in the agricultural sector uh, for smallholder farmers are to some extent quite similar around, um, around well, everywhere. Um, obviously they're a bit localized, but still I think 
yeah, it can be very, used a, as, as like yeah, an example for other countries as well. Yes, right. Well, it's interesting. As, it's in as an example and Thailand also as, well, as, right? as like as an as an as an expansion in the future, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, mm -hmm. definitely also as an example. Yeah. So you know, with that all that said, I mean, what is your advice then for investors or company you know seeking to do or receive impact investments? Yep. So if you are obviously an impact focused or like impact uh, an, an impactful company, um, I think it's really first of all you have to be very clear why you're doing it and how your model um, does it. So in terms of are you basically doing impact in addition to you? So let's say you have a commercial mo model um, and then you add impact by giving donations on the side uh, versus. Is, is your impact really part of your business model? And if, if you make $1 more of revenue, are you also gaining uh, uh, more impact automatically? And I think if you have that very clear, then you also know like what sort of funding you can actually uh, look for and, and how, how, how basically whether there's a trade-off between the, the impact side and that the business side. If, if there's a trade-off, then probably you would need other funding like more concessionary grant funding to keep the trade-off um, uh, um, alive versus if you have the impact side very strongly baked into your business model, then then you can work strongly with uh, yeah with organizations like us, for, for instance, that, that are patient, but very much believe in the entrepreneurial model. Um, so that I think is, 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 is one thing, really make sure that you have your model right, that there is some sort of proof then there, there also um then second know um whom do you want to work with um on the funding side um as in uh, do you are you looking for more patient capital are you looking for more the uh, vc side and i think the third thing is really more about the time that we're in now that funding obviously is more challenging now um mm -hmm. and i think that's the same for whether you're an impact company or um a regular commercial company um so make sure that whatever funds you have now, have you raised maybe just just uh, recently, make sure that it lasts as long as possible. So also try to adjust a bit more on the on the revenue side to things that actually make you money. It's not it's not about uh, growth at all costs anymore. Um, and then if you're funding, then yes, you have probably to think of, okay, what conditions can I accept? What conditions do I want to accept? Um, and maybe you have to take something that's a bit less uh, favorable than it was maybe a year ago. Um, that's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting yeah. that yeah, you're saying that. And, and I think it's very useful at this time, you know, as we come towards the end of 2022. Now, what do you think would be the future trends of impact investments for the upcoming year of 2023? Yep. I think a few things on, on the more general global side is really what I said before also 2023 I think is still not going to be the I mean money is still going to become uh, or like it's still going to stay uh, more challenging than than it has been um, two years ago um, and I think that's still where I think you just have to adjust your business model potentially a bit that uh, yes profits are important so the trend has to be like companies that um, monetize their their user base um, that are able to also generate cash flow. Um, so that I think is one important thing, which is just from the trend that we will see. I think it's still at least in 2023. Yeah, it's gonna be around 
for a while. I don't think it's going to be a challenge for for uh, for all times. Um, but try to stretch your money as much as possible. Um, and I think the other trends are really. Uh, I think the impact side will continue to actually grow. Um, there's more and more people wanting to be in this space. There's more and more funders wanting to be in this space. There's also more and more talent wanting to be in this space. So for, for instance, one thing that we clearly see is when we hire, uh, we get a lot of um, a lot of great applications, which is great that we see also that uh, young people really want to be in this space. Um, and that's also where I would say, like, if if you have a solution or a venture that really is strong, both on the market side and the impact side, you will actually uh, get get through this phase. And I think it's also a time when when yeah, just markets select the stronger players, and and those that are around them will be even stronger for the period than that's after. Um, I think if I can talk to Thailand as well briefly, because I've actually obviously with the exposure to to the Thai company that we work that we're working in but we re recently also had a colleague who who looked into thailand as a country whether we we also have some more uh, or, or like other investment opportunities in the moment there uh, which what we call scouting tours when people actually go there meet a lot of players in the ecosystem um and i think for thailand it's it's also clear that there is a trend to more impact capital um but it's it's actually quite early still, uh, right, right now. So what we found that the whole ec ecosystem is early. There is little patient to uh, impact first capital um, in the moment. Um, so we actually all the entrepreneurs that we talked talk talk to, they were all like, uh, they all shared with us that it's an exception that people don't ask for terms and and the valuation right away. And that also reflects from from the stage that the whole industry, the social entrepreneurship space is is quite early it's maybe more development since like let's say five-ish years there is first players like ecosystem players like for instance the social entrepreneurship thailand network also yunus thailand um and also the government i think gets involved a bit more with that ventures can register as social ventures which gives them uh, certain tax benefits um but also comes with its um restrictions but I think developments like this, that there's more and more players that the, the market will develop also on the impact side, also in Thailand, I think will con will continue actually. So I think, uh, I mean, it's been going on for the last five-ish years or more. Um, so I think in two, in two, three years, we will also be there on a, on a, on a different space. Um, and yeah, also something that we will continue to actually look, in, uh, look into. Well, yeah, you know, I think uh, thank you for for being very straightforward. I think this is a great analysis of what's been going on here in Thailand and maybe in neighboring countries. But yeah, but we definitely it is a breath of fresh air to hear from you to, you know, for you to explain your world in terms of impact investment with us today on our episode. Um, I'm sure a lot of listeners want to know more. And if they do, you can always check out our Texas uh, website and also the Elia website yes. as well. We have a great <laughs> website there. Right there. Okay. And, uh, you know, we look forward to hearing from you more. Thank you so much, Gerald. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Okay. And this has been yet another episode of Textile Global Podcast. Until we meet next time, bye-bye. Textiles, sparking innovative thoughts.